Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Andrew Newman. Andrew, are you ready to do this? Yes, let's do this. Excellent. Let's do this. Andrew is the founder and CEO of Conscious Bedtime Stories. He's an author working to help parents form a deep connection with their children while at the same time making mindfulness kid-friendly, and I'm excited to have you on Andrew, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, uh, you'll hear from the accent that I'm uh, not a local. I'm from Cape Town, South Africa. <laughs> I've been living in the States about three and a half years now uh, and uh, building out the collection of conscious bedtime stories. I come from a, my stories are written from a therapeutic background. Uh, I spent uh, the better part of my 30s training and working with clients. Um, and helping grown-ups be grown-ups. And what I realized is that most of them are struggling with problems that started before they were grown-ups, when they were five, six, seven, or even younger. And uh, it seems to me like uh, the best way to, to serve the world is to help our little ones grow up uh, healthy and with uh, skills where they can navigate both the, their relationships out in the world and their um uh, internal experiences. Awesome. I love it. We were talking uh, before we started recording today about how I think everybody wants to do a good job raising their kids. And a lot of the time we talk about teaching kids good money habits. Uh, but to your point, how do we how do we teach our kids to be good overall mindful people? Um and like you said, that oftentimes our, our experiences as five-year-olds, seven-year-olds, ten-year-olds, that really shapes our our entire future moving forward. So um, I appreciate you sharing kind of the, the why that you got into it. So tell us a little bit about uh, just, just, just about the stories in general. Uh, well, all of the stories start with the, there's, a, there's a sort of a structure that I've built in to help uh, create connection between uh, the readers and the, and the audience, usually adults and kids. Um, they all start with a little breathing practice that we call a snuggle breathing meditation. And those four simple breaths will help grown-ups get present and the kids settle and then it's like, wow, now everybody's uh, present to the moment. Uh, if I name a couple of the titles, you start to get the feel of what I'm about. There's The Boy Who Searched for Silence, uh, The Elephant Who Tried to Tiptoe. Now, she's not being herself when she's trying to tiptoe, and that's a story that's reminding kids to uh, love the body they have and uh, to be their true selves. And then one of our, our favorites is a book called The Hug Who Got Stuck. And in this story, there's a, uh, a beautiful little hug trying to get out of the hug factory uh, in the center of the heart just to go out into the world and deliver special love and care. And it gets caught in the web of sticky thoughts. You know, I'm not good enough. Nobody loves me. Who cares? Negative self-beliefs that we would talk about psychologically. But, you know, for a four or five-year-old, it's just nice to go, oh, there's a sticky thought. And, um, and in the stories, there are these uh, heroic adventures where – the character faces a life challenge that the child may or may not yet have faced. But because the character gets through and has a personal victory, the child gets to learn the uh, 
the appropriate response for when they face that situation in their life. Nice. And as, as we all know, how you look at something makes all the difference and how something is presented. And I think that the, the term I'm searching for is, is framed that mm-hmm. really helps us to, to grasp these abstract kinds of concepts. And particularly when we're talking about mindfulness, a child, I can't imagine why a child would ever really consider that. And I don't think that a lot of adults really consider it, uh, but it does need to be a really good story. So do you have a, a storytelling background or just always been a creative person? Uh, you know, I, I actually, no, I didn't identify as being creative until my early 30s. Uh, my childhood was a South African apartheid and uh, control environment where uh, creativity didn't get a lot of space. Uh, luckily, uh, luckily, I came back to it later. And then I do have Celtic roots. My, my mother's Scottish and uh, the Scots are... are uh, ferocious storytellers, and uh, they're, they're known to uh, spin a yarn for uh, for many a mile and a, across a few uh, a few good uh, single malt scotches. Um, <laughs> and no, I think uh, I think that that in part uh, I have a very childlike interior that that loves to see the world in pictures. And although I'm not the I'm not an illustrator, and the illustrators bring the the books to life. I, I still see conversations and um, and encounters in in a, a little video in my mind. And I thought, well, it'd be quite nice just to share that video with some people. So in a way, I'm a, a movie director who's who's uh, putting things into books. Nice. So maybe we should have just had this uh, kind of a, an explanation off the top, um, just of what exactly mindfulness really is. <laughs> And then if you could, I know that you mentioned, um, I think body positivity for, for one of the, uh, one of the stars, but what are the major themes that you're working to address? Um, well, you know, mindfulness is a, is a, is a, is a big subject. And, and for many people, they will, they will, uh, uh, simply pigeonhole mindfulness to being the act of meditating and I don't think, you know, that, that that looks like you sit down on a cushion and light a candle or, or something to that effect. <laughs> I, I view mindfulness as, a, as a, um, a much broader aspect. I think that it's very closely linked with uh, social emotional learning in the, in the, in the child's developmental uh, phase that uh, we want healthy uh, relationship, not, as I said earlier, both on the interior and on the exterior. But now if we haven't got calm and centeredness inside ourselves, then our behaviors on the outside are going to be dramatic um, because uh, uh, we wriggle and squirm a lot. And, um, you know, if I think particularly to the, the story, the boy who searched for silence, uh, in the story, he, he, the boy has heard that and silence is peaceful and golden and peaceful and beautiful, but uh, it, it at odds with his reality because his world he's got to deal with instructions and advice and programs and teachers and all sorts of other stimuli and there's too much going in for him. Um, and so uh, after his long quest um, where he, he can't find silence, he he gets very angry and frustrated and then, um, and then reaches a moment of surrender. And through that surrender, he begins to fall inwards and he lands right into silence. And now, now, this is a language that, that I've chosen particularly 
so that we can distinguish a difference between the parent or the teacher who has to ask for quiet and um, you know, be quiet is very different to this, at, uh, the excitement of sitting in the fullness of one's own inner silence. And I think that, uh, uh, that, that, that is the direction that most mindfulness practices are pointing us to, but it can happen in a breath, it can happen in three or four breaths that we just, just, <sighs> and now I'm connected. And because I'm connected in, into my interior, I can choose right action um, in how I talk with you or how I respond to something that's happening with me. Does that help uh, um, connect with your understanding of mindfulness? It, it, it certainly does. And it is a very, very, very broad term. So I, I, I appreciate that. Um, these days, I think that we all know that we are constantly receiving so much information from so many different places and there just aren't that many opportunities anymore where we're not. It seems like I was in a, a, a lobby this morning and everybody had their phone out when they were sitting there waiting. If you're in line, you, you, you kind of take your phone out and it's almost lost this, this idea of potentially being bored or being alone with our thoughts to contemplate or... Um, to use our imaginations. And that's, I think one of the greatest gifts that children have is the ability to use their imaginations. And, um, if we have the ability to, to teach them in today's society with so much screen time and everything else to simply be able to regulate how they respond and how they take in information. I think that that's a really, really valuable thing. Yeah. And you're pointing towards the, the, the difference between, Consumption of information and creation of content, I guess. I don't want to call it content. I mean, creation is like, you know, when a kid sits down and draws something or we say, let's write a poem or, or uh, even the, the, um, the adult making a meal. You know, the, the creative impulse um, still needs to be given a lot of space um, because often when we turn these devices on, it's, it's, it's a consumption-only mode. Um, whereas they're actually very, uh, very dynamic devices that can be used to create amazing things as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an excellent point just because screens are not inherently bad, right? And technology is not inherently bad. In fact, it, it's does amazing things as long as we are mindful <laughs> about how we're using them um, and, and not letting the tail wag the dog, so to speak. So... Okay. Yeah, and so here, here's a here's a point for parents on this because the the you know I'm all about bedtime stories. I'm all about the last twenty minutes of the day, how parents connect with their kids at that time. And I understand that screens are going to be around. Um, and whilst it might be my my sort of my heartfelt uh, uh, desire that a screen never enters the bedtime story moment, I know that that's not reality. And and the most important thing is it's actually not about the book that they're reading and it's not about the device that's being used. It's all about the lap that the kids are sitting on. And if that's you and you're the parent and, and you're present with your little one and you're following their adventure as they connect with, you know, a gaming hero on screen or, or a, um, a hug in the hug who got stuck or, you, you know, it doesn't matter. You're there creating um, the atmosphere 
of connection and togetherness. And that's the most important thing out of all of this. Completely agree. I think that there's immense value there. I think, I, I guess, like I have a question written down. This, I'm assuming that these books aren't too too woo-woo, that they're <clears throat> not trying to deliver too heavy a message that the that, 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 that kids aren't able to accept. Talk about that, please. You know, what I see is that, um, and we, we've got thousands of books out around the country. I, I see that that stories reach kids at the right time and in the right place. Um, they um, have levels of understanding that will take different age to, uh, to fully comprehend. Uh, often uh, parents are saying to me, uh, oh, wow, I think this book might be for me. Um, and, uh, and so there's a way that the stories are touching both the parents who uh, are learning uh, something about themselves or another way to language something about themselves. Um, and, I mean, that elephant story you're trying to tiptoe, you know, we're so prone all around to, to, uh, to think that we're not good enough for some reason and that our body's not uh, pretty enough or it shouldn't have this wobble or, or that curve. And, um, and uh, I'd like that, that message to be accessible for the little ones. So, so no, it's, it's, um, it's certainly not woo, but it's going to serve both the, both the adults and the, and the parents. I appreciate that. And I, I personally know that they're not, I just needed to ask or, or needed you to share that with everybody. No, it's, it's a, it's a great question. <laughs> you know, it's an important one. Uh, you know, at the same, at the same time, we, we are, uh, you know, I am a business that is committed to um, human development and I write from a psychological, spiritual perspective um, that uh, is, I'm fascinated by uh, creativity about uh, the, the human journey about developmental psychology, about how we get uh, wounded as a kid and how we get out from uh, those wounds. And um, and this is a language that is designed um, to help families um, who appreciate that. And um, that, that, uh, uh, that doesn't mean it's for everyone, um, but there are a lot of people particularly in the States. And this is why I moved to the States is because there's this pioneering movement in the mindfulness and education curriculum here in the language around conscious parenting. Uh, it's, it's unlike anywhere else in the world. The U S is, is really leading the way on this. Um, and, uh, if, if uh, people are new to it and curious, then, then a kid's book is probably the easiest uh, way to cross that threshold and get into, into that, um, uh, self inquiry. Oh, that's excellent. Excellent. Well, Andrew, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Oh, I've got to fall back on breathe. I've got to fall back on breathe. And, you know, one of the things that I find myself teaching kids when I'm in a classroom, and it's not really teaching, but it's more reminding, is to sigh. And so I would encourage people, if you haven't sighed today, take a big breath right now and just oh, because the sigh is the gateway that sets up relaxation in our body. It unwinds us from places where we're stressed and it starts to open the door to refresh. So have fun and sigh, sigh, sigh. <laughs> well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation um, 
get these books. Um, I think that you have um, a community built as well. So talk about that, please. Right. We do uh, we do books one at a time, or we also do a book of the month club, uh, which is a book, a coloring in book, a reminder magnet. Of course, there's stickers inside each of the stories. Uh, and those are all available on ConsciousStories.com. And uh, they are available on Amazon. It's not our favorite place for supporting young businesses, but they, I, I understand the convenience. Um, and social media is is Instagram and Facebook on uh, Conscious Bedtime Stories. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Andrew your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to ConsciousStories.com. Find them on Instagram and Facebook, and I will certainly list those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Andrew. George, what a great pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me here is what I mean. (laughs) Absolutely. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.